Amen. And before you are seated in the presence of the Lord, uh, I just want you to remain for the reading of the Word of God. I want to thank Pastor Don for giving me this opportunity to close on this service today, what I began last week on renewed encourage to conquer part two. Amen. Let's turn to the scriptures from Revelation chapter two, all the way, verse seven, all the way to chapter three, verse 21, ESV version. Let's go. This is the church at Ephesus. Let's read. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, I only put it for that particular verse because it's the first one. But all, this is repeated in all the seven churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the church of Smyrna, the one who conquers will not will not be had by the second death. The church at Pagamos, to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. To the church at Thyatira, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and I will give him the morning star. The church of Sardis, to the one who conquers, will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. The church of Philadelphia, the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, and the new Jerusalem, and my own new name. That's the Lord's new name. Man, the church of Laodicea, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father, on his throne. How many conquerors do we have here? Hallelujah. See, we must take note, take note, that each of the seven epistles, these letters, thank you, Pastor Kev, each of the seven epistles, these letters, is the Lord's message to a particular church. But it is also the Spirit's message to all of the churches. All these seven churches were given specific messages by the Lord himself. But those messages were to be shared with all the churches during that season and period. To this day, now we are sharing it with Nairobi Lighthouse Church. Hallelujah. Now, the book of Revelation is a wonderful way to finish the story of God's creation and conquest. And this story began in Genesis. All that began in Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, is consummated in the book of Revelations. It's completed in the book of Revelations. Let me give you an example. In Genesis, the heavens and the earth were created. In Revelations, we see a new heaven and a new earth. In Genesis, the sun and the moon appear. In Revelations, we read that there is no need for sun and the moon. Why? Because Christ is the light of the new heaven. In Genesis, there is a garden. But in Revelations, there, there is, what? A holy city. In Genesis, there is marriage of the first Adam. This is Eve's husband. In Revelation, the marriage supper of the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In Genesis, we see the beginning of sin, Genesis chapter 3. In Revelations, sin is done away with as you close the book in Genesis. In Genesis, Satan, the arch enemy, the adversary of God's people, God and God's people, appears bringing sorrow, pain, and tears. But in Revelations, we see their doom and destruction. Revelations chapter 21 and verse 4 alludes to this. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Hallelujah. I love it as it goes. For the former things have passed away. Say amen. Isn't that exciting? You don't know how much we encourage ourselves as pastors when we are ministering in various sessions. And we know that some of these people have died and are going to be with the Lord. And we remember they will never die again. They will never die. They'll never have pain again. They'll never have sickness again. They'll never, you know, these are the things that encourage us to this very day until Jesus calls us home or we return to be with him. So we should all be looking forward to hearing the trumpet sound, to see him bust the eastern sky. In Israel, the eastern gate is still locked. You know why? They're anticipating that he's going to break and come through, hallelujah, come into that door, and I want you into his temple. Let me tell you something. It is true that he is going to come, just like he said he'll come. And then, everybody say, and then. We shall be with him forever and ever and ever. Come on, some of you are not excited. I said, you and I shall be with him. Now, probably one of the reasons you are not excited is because you have not registered your name. I know you registered your name to come to church today, but that does not give you a ticket to go to heaven. You must register your name in the book of life. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Say amen. We are living in dark times, and no one living today has ever known such uncertainty as to the future of human events. Similarly, things were dark even then, when the apostle received this revelation, this great revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, when he wrote them to the seven churches of Asia Minor. Now, if we are going to be renewed in our courage to conquer, last week we covered number one and two. Number one, consider identity with God an inspiration to conquer. And number two was, be an unlimited encourager. Be an unlimited encourager. Keep encouraging one another. Today, fathers, be encouraged. God is with us. Amen. We have the spirit of the Father. We can do it. Number three, and the last, the only point I'm giving today is our courage to conquer must be backed up by love. Our courage to conquer must be backed up by by love. Everyone say love. See, love speaks of passion, desire. Those are the words that go with the, that word, love. Passion, desire. See, our courage must be backed up by a passionate desire to conquer. I loved my wife enough to go. Well, she wasn't my wife then. I loved my bride. I loved the, the, the beautiful girl I saw them days. And I knew her for six and a half years. 
and I waited. And finally, I knew that I have conquered her. When in 1991, November the 4th, hallelujah. I mean, sorry, the second. Hallelujah. The fourth, we were, in, we were already on honeymoon. You know, when on November the 2nd, she said, yes. After I roared. Passionate. Listen, our courage must be backed up by a passionate desire to conquer. I'm going to give you and show you why this is true. This, what this one point I've given you is so true. Based on what the Lord spoke over each of these churches and what they represent. Number one, we go to the church at Ephesus. All these were churches in a city. Ephesus is a city. But what does Ephesus mean in the Greek? It means desirable. Everybody say desirable. Yet it was the loveless church. It was the loveless church. And even though it was in a condition where it has lost its first love, verse 4, you have left your first love. It was still desirable to God. I want you to know God never gives up on you. God never gives up on us. God never gives up on marriage. God never, our marriage relationship with him. And he never gives up on your marriage. He's God and he loves and he desires for his best no matter what happens. Amen. The Lord, he says, you have left your first love. You see, the Greek word for first here means, you don't believe it, best. You have lost your first love means best. It's the same word used when the, the, prodigal, the prodigal son's father said, bring, in, that was in Luke chapter 11 verse 15, bring what? The best robe. Meant bring the first robe. The first robe must have been the best. And you know, God desires the best out of you and I. Come on, come on, come on. He told this church, repent and do the things you did at the first. You know, when we all love somebody at the beginning, man, we have passion. With time, something happens. And we begin to lose that passion. No wonder this word is coming to the church. This church is the same. When you got saved, you and I, we were passionate. We would preach to anything that moves. Today, we just look at the things that are moving. You see, listen to this. Our first love toward the Lord must be the best love for Him. So let's not merely give God what we can, but what He deserves. He deserves the best. The best and not the rest. The only thing that can keep us in proper relationship with the Lord is love. Not what the works we do, the good things we do for one another. They can't replace love. It's like this, this husband who comes home and finds the wife crying. And the wife is, I says, why are you crying? So he says, well, you see, you're always late. You're gone for weeks and you never tell me sometimes where you are. And, and, and you never take me out and, you, you know, you don't love me anymore. What do you want me to do? He asks. Huh? I bought you a house. I bought you a nice car. Very expensive. You, uh, your credit empowered. What else do you want? Huh? Exactly. That's the problem. Just what he said. All he has done is he brought his wife things but not himself. Come on, God doesn't want our things. He wants us. Can I hear a good amen? 
The living of the first love is the source of all degradation. The best teams I have looked, I have learned this out of experience. The best teams and the ones I choose, even whether they're football, who, if I say I want to just see somebody win a particular team, I look for one thing, and I believe that's what you look for probably. The best teams and players who excel in what they do, in football, basketball, are marked by one thing. Guess what it is? Passion. 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 Now to each of these, I put something that I want to be the, the, my last remark. To love God where this church is, con is concerned, the desirable church, is to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything you have. That is what loving God is all about. To the church of Smyrna, the church of Smyrna, Smyrna means ma. Everybody say ma. Now what was ma? Ma was used for embalming the dead. Used for embalming. Now, listen to this. It signifies suffering. This is the persecuted church. Under the Roman Empire, it was encouraged to prevail in the midst of its suffering and not to be afraid even if they have to die for Christ's sake. And Jesus revealed to that church, I am the one who was dead, but now I'm alive. I mean, God knows how to encourage people. He comes with the, at the right time with the right word that we need. May he come to you today with the right word that you need. You see, tribulation tests the life of the church. Tribulation, suffering, difficulty, darkness, going through seasons that are tough. See, a group, many years ago I had this story. I don't know if the pastor told it or somebody from outside, a minister told it. A group of masked men once entered a church service and continued to ask everyone to proceed to where they were near the exit and spit on a portrait of Jesus and then deny Christ and leave the church. They will save their lives. Just a handful of believers were left. The men, after those who left had left, removed their masks and they embraced those that had remained a few and said, We are Christians. We are Christians. We are just like you, and we are with you. I wonder if that happened here today, or if, it, if you are there on that particular day. What would you have done? The men, notice this, that test revealed the truth about how loved Jesus was in that church. See, the greater the darkness, the greater the revelation of his glory. Some of the greatest riches are hidden in the dark. Just like the words of the prophet Isaiah 45 and verse 3. What does it say? Isaiah 45 verse 3. Listen. And I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel who calls you by name. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, King James Version, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Isn't that true? See, a research was, was, was made that revealed the five most expensive minerals in the world. Okay. Jadeite from jade. The mineral jade. Or some of these are like gemstones. Jade. Jadeite. Then there was red diamonds. Top five. 
Then there was serendipite. It's a serious one. I never heard of it until the other day. Blue garnet or garnet. Rubies. Top five. Believe it or not, their price ranges from the least, which is rubies, to the most expensive jadeite from 1 million US dollars to 3 million US dollars for a carat of each. A carat is 0.2 grams. Go think about it later. Gold doesn't even appear top five. So much wealth, yet so much poverty in the world. Why? Let me tell you why. It's too costly. It costs too much time to get it, to find it, to attain it. It's too expensive. It, you, you require too much knowledge and expertise to be able to harvest it, to dig it out. That's the challenge. If you love it that much, notice I never told you where these things are found. In, I studied, I saw where some of them are found. But I will not write for you where they are found. Because some of you will say, I feel called to be a missionary in, in South Korea. And you're looking for Jedite. You're not going to look for souls. You have a reason why you're going there. On the other hand, what are you willing to pay for? Listen to Proverbs 2 verse Verse 1 to 5. This is now regarding the things of God. My child, receive this counsel. Listen to what I say. And treasure my commands. Do we treasure the commands of the Lord? Cry out for insight. Do we cry out? Cry out. Doesn't sound like something you just do casually. Cry out for insight. And ask for understanding. Pray for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then I will. Or then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. Listen, don't faint during the dark days. Keep mining. I said keep mining. And keep looking for the treasure. Hallelujah. Tell somebody next to you. Keep looking for the treasure because you will find it if you don't quit. How much are we willing to sacrifice for the treasure God wants to give us? To love God where this church is concerned, I wrote this. Accept his will for your life, no matter the cost. Even if it means suffering unto death. The church at Pagamos means, Pagamos means marriage. Marriage. It implies union and fortification, fortified tower. This church, just like Solomon, Solomon, when he became king, started to marry daughters of foreign kings to consolidate himself, his power, politically. And that was one of the areas that led him astray. Marriage. What does it also mean here? The compromising church. This church entered into marriage with the world. Now, if we are engaged to be with Christ, to be married to Christ, what business do we have marrying the world in which we live today? When Satan failed to destroy the church through the persecution of the Roman Empire, he changed his strategy. Teaching, the teachings of Balaam were introduced. You see, the, the devil knows how to come. Give you, twist your understanding and give you the wrong teaching and you believe the wrong thing. And they were enticed, Balaam enticed Israel into sexual immorality. 
It's one area that can trip you so fast, sexual immorality. Why? Because every other sin is outside the body, but this one is of the body. And if you're part of the body, you're bringing the whole body to become a part of this evil. And so, and then there was the Nicolaitans, the teachings, the hierarchy systems. They were very limiting to the, both to the head, the leadership of the church, as well as even the body of the church. What was the result? Disregarding God's name. The church disregarded God's name and denied the proper Christian values and faith. Everything we see in the world, we want to be like. Everything. And it, we think it's cool. Whatever you take on, please understand why you're taking it on. Can I hear a good amen? There's so much the world has to offer. Let us be like Antipas. Everybody say Antipas. Last week I told you, let us be like Barnabas. You forgot and Let us be like now be like Antipas this week. What does Antipas mean? Against all. See, this man was against all that was in the world. He was against worldliness until he was put to death. As he was martyred. Let me tell you, we must break away from all forms of worldliness. We might be in the world, but not of the world. To love God in this church means to hate what God hates. The church of Thyatira means, Thyatira means unceasing sacrifice. That perfume of incense of sacrifice. This is the corrupt church. It was corrupted by many things. But one of the things that, you know, it thought it was doing well was its works, you know, and sacrifices. Many works and many sacrifices. There are churches even today, many works and many sacrifices, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Mere good works are not sufficient for us to reign with Christ. It is relationship that must precede your works. Amen? That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Not by works of righteousness whereby we have been saved, but what? By grace through faith. Are we saved? See, the church was full, this church was full of idolatry and fornication, both spiritual and physical. Restoration came through those that remained, that remained faithful. To love God in this church is to offer ourselves first as his sacrifice, a sacrifice to him, a living sacrifice to him, and daily, and daily. The church of Sardis, the church of Sardis means the remains or remainder or restoration. Remains, remainder, restoration. This was a dead church. It says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation that you are alive. The walking dead. But you are dead. It says, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. What did they have? The word of God that they had that had remained. The truths that came during the Reformation that had remained. A few had held on to them. This, he's talking to a whole church, but a few had held on to them. Justification by faith. They're no longer going by works and all, all other things. They were reading their Bible. By the way, do you know that we've already finished the New Testament and we have now started the New Testament again? We finished the New Testament. Those of us who are reading in the, uh, the Bible, I believe we are all reading the Bible together as a church. I want you to know we are now rereading the New Testament. Amen. We start starting with Matthew. Hallelujah. See, go back to that foundation. The Lord told them, go to what you had and believed at first. Hold to it family. Repent and turn to me again. To this church, to love God is to remain connected to his words of truth. 
foundational truths. The church at Philadelphia is a church of brotherly love. This church is the faithful church. It is the faithful church, the proper church to be in. It was faithful and true to God. It was separated from the world. Jesus said of this church, I have placed before you an open door and no one can shut it. It became a missionary church. Hallelujah. You know, just like us, we have the opportunity to take, to go hug a home. After the 4th of July, the weeks following, preparing, hallelujah. We can't just be looking inward, but reaching out, hugging homes, touching people. Even people we don't know very well, but we can still reach them because God knows, God knows them very well. I know that you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word, he said to this church, and you have not denied my name. What pleases the Lord is our doing the best with what we have. To love God in this church is to abide faithful. And finally, the church of Laodicea. Laodicea means in Greek, opinion, judgment of the people or the laymen. It means opinion or judgment of the people. This was the lukewarm church. Already by the name lukewarm, as you read it, this church had no close relationship with Christ. It was his church, but it was not closely related with him. He says, I know your deeds. That you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. He didn't have the amen of the Lord. Do you know what amen means? Firm, steadfast, trustworthy. In fact, it was not steadfast. It was not firm. The Lord said, you're not steadfast. You're not firm and you're not trustworthy. It was full of pride. I read that in AD 61, an earthquake overturned that city and destroyed the whole city of Laodicea. The men of this city rebuilt it again without any government subsidy. And you know what they said? We need nothing from anybody. They were so wealthy and prosperous. That was their downfall. To this church, to love God is to burn passionately for him. Our courage to conquer must be backed up by love for God, for brothers and sisters, brotherly love, and what's right and what's good. Can you give Jesus one hand clap of praise? It's all about love. Amen? If we move towards worldliness, it gauges our love. If we get corrupted by the, by the things that we do and our works and our sacrifices, all those things and do not regard the relationship, our relationship with him first, then we need this message today. If we are calling ourselves okay, but yet the Lord told this church, you're not okay. In fact, you're miserable. You're miserable. You're poor. You're dead. Then we better listen to the voice of the Lord. Let me tell you, a rebuke, a rebuke, I just learned this the other day. A rebuke and a correction can be a form of encouragement. In the end, based on how you receive it, it can be a, a, an encouragement based on how you receive it. Can we just pray right now? Father, I just want to thank you right now for reminding us, Lord, the importance of being passionately in love with you. 
Thank you, Father, that we would desire you more than everything else. God, that will not be the loveless church, but will be the love-filled church. I pray that we are not giving you what we can, but we are giving you the best. The best, the first, not the last, not the rest. I pray, Father, like the church in Smyrna, the Lord, you are encouraging us, Lord, to conquer and to prevail even in suffering, no matter the dark times and seasons that we may go through, threatening our lives. Lord, that you're giving us the treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places. Lord, that you're causing your church to arise and to recognize where its treasure lies in Jesus' name. Lord, that you are helping us to value what we ought to value, not the things of the world, not the gems of the world, but to value your commands, to value understanding and insight, to value revelation and wisdom, all the things that really matter. Lord, that they will become our treasures today. Help us, Lord, that no matter what, my Father, no matter what it costs, we are willing to suffer even unto death. Help us not to marry, make marriage with the world. Deliver us from compromise. Lord, I pray for antipasses today. Make me an antipas, having a spirit that will be against all that is wicked and evil and worldly. In Jesus' name, not encouraging and embracing that I may hate what you hate. Lord, I pray that our sacrifices are not replacing, oh God, our love for you. Our works are not going before us and yet our hearts have been left behind. I pray, Father, that we don't have a form of godliness, but the power of God and the works of God are being done in us. I pray for a restoration, oh God. Lord, restore us back, my Father, in the name of Jesus, that we are giving ourselves to you first before we give ourselves to anything else. Like the church of Sardis, my God, bring us back to your word. Justification by faith, the open Bible, not a closed Bible, a word that is available and readable for us, a word that is actively, oh God, shaping our lives and changing us. Father, like the church of Philadelphia, Lord, may we be found faithful, reaching the world with the light of Christ and for the glory of your name. We thank you, Father, for delivering us from lukewarmness where our passion has waited, my Father, like the church of Laodicea. Lord, give us a passion, a burning passion for you. In in Jesus' name, raise your hands and just begin to ask God to saturate you, hallelujah, with that passion, a passion, a burning fire in your heart, in your heart for Him. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you and to honor you and to glorify you, to extol your name, to extol your name. Father, today it's me in the need of prayer. I'm the one who needs, oh God, the courage to conquer. Lord, having its backing, oh God, on and backing on love. Lord, we can do so much, but we love love. Corinthians tells us we are nothing and have nothing. God, I want to be a lover. Make me a lover, Lord, a passionate lover, one filled with desire for his Lord and for his master and for the bridegroom. For you've called us your bride, oh God. One day soon, you'll come back for us. Purify your church. Cleanse us that we will be holy and acceptable to you. A chaste bride in Jesus' name. Can you give Jesus... Come on, do you receive the word today? Come on, give God the glory, give God the glory.